0: Sequence five, star. Five, this is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, an audio show for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And we are smack dab in the middle of Holy Week. Happy. Uh, blessed Holy Week is is Happy Holy Week appropriate? Blessed Holy Week to you, Father. I don't know.
1: Well, I think I think Happy or Blessed is certainly uh, possible in good use. I mean, we talk about the uh, the joyful season of Lent in the prefaces.
0: You're right. We do. There we go. It's not necessarily a, a happy in the 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 more substantial sense of the word. I uh, you know. Um, anyway,
1: uh, it is happy in the more substantial sense of the word. Right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and just to, we're, uh, we're going to be addressing, um, in, in this episode, uh, a question submitted by a listener, um, uh, La- early last month in February. Uh, but I want to remind everyone that if you have any questions, topics for future episodes, um, questions about something we've said in a past episode that, that you would like to raise or address, please feel free to email me. See at sfcatholic.org. C B U R G W A L D at S as in Sam F as in Frank, catholic.org, sfcatholic.org. Um, father, uh, for you as a priest getting into Holy Week, it's Wednesday right now, so it's uh, uh, you're, you're getting ready to get busy, aren't you?
1: Well, actually, I'm, I've already gotten busy uh, here at the Newman Center, uh, hearing a lot of confessions. Uh, uh, two hours worth of confessions uh, Sunday, uh, with, or a little over two hours of confession on Sunday for uh, pen and service, and two hours in my confessional on uh, Monday, and then uh, about Two and a half or three and a half hours yesterday, uh, my parish, and then with RCIA candidates, and then uh, one hour down today, and about two hours left to go today uh, between this parish and my mission parish. Wow.
0: So getting busy. Getting busy, that's for sure. Um, so so again, the, the, I mentioned we're in the middle of Holy Week, and we have a topic, and, and, and this topic is very much relevant to Holy Week, which is why we held off with it uh, until today. And uh, I'm just going to read the email that came to us uh, from Keith uh, listening here in uh, East River, South Dakota. Keith had written in, Well, reading over the passion stories, a few questions came to mind regarding Judas that I thought would make for an interesting podcast. The authorities should have known who Jesus was. Why would they need Judas's help? Second question, if Judas's betrayal was necessary for our salvation, would he not have been doing the will of God and related to that? Then was Judas really an evil person that betrayed Jesus or was he carrying out a necessary role in our salvation? So Father, the first thing that, that, occurred to me as getting ready for actually today now, um, and, and addressing this topic. Of course, um, in Holy Week, we, we hear, uh, we heard it, I, I think in Luke's account a little bit, um, on Palm Sunday, um, and we'll certainly hear about it in the coming days, but even, uh, yesterday, today, Wednesday and yesterday, Tuesday, uh, the gospel accounts that we, that the gospel readings from for daily Mass both come from the Last Supper yesterday and Tuesday was from John today from Matthew and both of them include John and Matthew's respective um, accounts of at least part of uh, Judas's betrayal at least at the Last Supper with with Jesus speaking about how one of you will betray me and then uh, in Matthew's account today a little interaction between Jesus and and Judas um, so we're hearing again obviously um, when we think about The betrayal of Jesus. We think of of Holy Week. We're hearing about them now during the the liturgy um, at at the readings at Mass, uh, and and it certainly seemed to be a fitting time to address this topic. So, Father, um, just sort of to begin with, you know, Keith had said the authorities should have known who Jesus was. Actually, before that, let's step back from that a little. The, The whole question of Judas and 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 who he was. Um, obviously, he's one of the twelve. He, he 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 was chosen by Jesus to be one of the apostles very early on, uh, and then we know here now from the 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 later parts of the gospel that he was the one who who went to the chief priests, and for the price of thirty pieces of silver was willing to betray Jesus. But beyond that, we don't really know too much about him, do we? Uh,
1: no, just uh, uh, we don't have a whole lot.
0: About him than exactly those things that you mentioned right there's not and then when it comes particularly to the whole question of, of his motivations for the betrayal you know we read we, we, John relates that Satan entered into Judas um, and and uh, well, that's about what, 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 John writes, um, early on. And then, uh, we just read these accounts during the the last supper itself. And Judas, um, then later brings the, the temple guards of the, the centurions to the garden of Gethsemane and betrays Jesus with a kiss, but we're never really told why. Um, and throughout history, there have been a number of, of saints and scholars and, and, popes and theologians and priests and bishops and religious, all sorts of people speculating on Judas's motives, but I think, Father, it's important to acknowledge up front that at least in authoritative sense of what the gospel accounts tell us, we're simply not told why he betrayed Jesus, are we? Uh, no. So, Having said that, again, there are all sorts of speculations, uh, and I know that you, you've you've um, read some of those recently. What's what have you seen? What are some of the explanations that you've read, or that or that you've 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 given to that question of of why did Judas betray Jesus?
1: Uh, well, I, I just recently picked up uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's book, The Life of Christ, which is essentially. A uh, long commentary on uh, on the Gospels, on the life of Christ. It's it's really quite beautiful, pretty amazing. I was really drawn into it in uh, many different ways. It, it it had me at hello, so to speak. <laughs> um, it's a uh, it, in fact I, I'd found it on Sunday night, and there was a lot of students around after the uh, evening mass. And uh, I was just randomly like, going up to people and like some, some like you know pick a page, and they'd pick a page. We'd open up, and they're like, okay, left hand side, last paragraph, you know, and Wow, that was really awesome. Yeah. So, um, so and he actually has a, a, a chapter um, on, uh, on Judas, uh, chapter 46, at the bottom of the list. And so, um, and it's because he, uh, uh, well, this might actually go more afield, so maybe I should stay focused first. But um, he, he starts out just you know, kind of looking into some of that, um, the reasons of the betrayal. Right. The, uh, and because, you know, this betrayal, it has to be a serious thing. I mean, this is not a whim. You know, and I think maybe, I think there's a temptation in our days to paint him as an ideologue. Yeah. Right. I think, um, you know, uh, maybe he didn't like the way Jesus' thing was going. Kind of a, um, um, oh, I'm thinking of certain communist characters from Russia, but I'm getting them confused with characters from Animal Farm. <laughs> um, Trotsky, wasn't it Trotsky and yep. Stalin. Yep who are both uh, followers of Lenin, and one of them thought that uh, you know, Stalin gets rid of Trotsky or whatever it might be. So I think there's temptation that way. But he, uh, Archbishop Sheaton looks at it from a spiritual and moral sense, and he says in this uh, uh, paragraph, The hatred of Judas against our blessed Lord was due to the contrast between his sin and the virtue of the divine master. Uh, and he quotes uh, um, from um, a play by uh, Shakespeare, he hath a daily beauty in his life that makes me ugly. Mm. And that's, so I think, a very interesting spiritual notion, and I think we can see little fruits of that in our own lives, So at least that there might be a sense of a, a strong reason why that would be true. Does that kind of make sense?
0: So, the, it, it, Judas... Okay, so let me let me restate that to make sure that I... I, I think I know what, what he's saying. Um... Judas, in the presence of Christ, saw, particularly as one of the apostles, saw the holiness of Christ, and then he saw his, his own sin in contrast to that. And there are a variety of ways that we can, as human beings, respond to the starkness of the contrast between God's holiness and goodness and our own sinfulness and wickedness and weakness. Um, one of those ways is to hate God. Uh, and, and, and so that's what that's what um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was proposing. That that's how Judas responded. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. He goes on to comment about how um, uh, the hatred against divinity is not always is not the result always of unbelief, but very often the effect of anti-belief, uh, conscience, Christ, the gift of faith. These things make evil men uneasy in their sin. They feel that if they could drive Christ from the earth, they could be free from moral inhibitions, um, and so uh, that's uh, just trying to drive out that uh, the, a chaste face is a judgment against my own interior unchastity. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So that's his. Okay. So so the, the, that just the contrast for Judas that, that that he 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 couldn't stand the fact that perhaps his sinfulness as compared to to our Lord's goodness and holiness,
1: right. I think that'd be kind of the the main the main thrust of it
0: okay have you uh, so that, that that's one. have you any other again, this is we don't know for sure, but you know holy people have prayed on the gospels and sometimes uh, picked up little nuggets or insights. Any other explanations for Judas's motivations that you've ever come across by chance?
1: Not that I remember right now,
0: yeah, I think really? sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I think what I see in the portrayals of Judas, a couple temptations or not temptations, two common ways to portray him. One is to make him very evil, malignant, um, you know, maybe along the lines of the ideologue, uh, as you're referring to. This is not how it's supposed to be. I can't stand blah blah blah, Um, and 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 so he he chooses to betray um, Jesus for that reason. The other is. And I, I, personally, I think that's probably maybe going a, a bit too far. He was remorseful, although it would unfortunately led to his suicide, but he did have remorse after the fact, which to me points to the fact that he wasn't um, pure evil, so to speak. Uh, the other end though, I think maybe sometimes he's portrayed as uh, just the, the victim of happenstance and and the, the puppet of the chief priests and elders and, and, and I, I, I think you can go too far that direction as well i think I think there's something to that i i i think he maybe is a little bit more that direction, but he has culpability as well, and we'll get into that whole question of his culpability in, in a moment but father, just my for what it's worth my my thought is that it's probably a little bit more in that direction than in the direction of the pure evil any any thoughts or response well,
1: he's even person, so probably there's a lot of mixed reasons going right
0: on. yeah yeah
1: you know um uh, yeah, uh, you know, because it, it, um, it's interesting, Sheen even talks about the repentance of Judas. You know, he throws the money, uh, the 30 pieces of silver, back into the temple. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, he says his repentance is not unto the Lord, it's just unto himself.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that way we see some of that same, and I think, at least with Sheen, he's making a consistent analysis, at least, that, um, you know, Judas, you know, in his own. Um, sinfulness, kind of struggling or rebelling or fighting against the holiness of Christ, in the same way even his repentance in that way, his repentance doesn't trust the holiness of Christ, or his repentance sees no invitation to mercy in the holiness of Christ.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does.
1: Yeah. Um, when a man hates himself uh, for what he has done and is without repentance to God, he will sometimes pound his breast as if to blot out a sin. There is a world of difference between a pounding a breast in self-disgust and a pounding it with the mea culpa in which one asks for pardon.
0: Hmm. I okay. That that at the end there, the, the difference between pounding the breast in self-disgust and asking pardon. To me, what I was thinking, my my next question to you is going to be: So, what what's the takeaway for those of us who are too dread, who do try to follow Jesus? The takeaway, in the sense of. What what does Judas's betrayal um, tell us, or, or what can we take away from it that can that can help us to grow in our own holiness and to avoid um, his path? And to me, one of the things is right there at the end that uh, when we repent for our sins, it 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 ought to be more than just. Oh, you know, kicking ourselves, so to speak. Right. It can include that, but it ultimately should be directed towards recognizing God's love and mercy and tenderness, um, not, absol- not us absolving ourselves of our sins, you know, we're repenting of our sins, but with a view towards a recognition of the fact that God is willing to forgive us, um, at which Judas seems not to have recognized based on the fact that he took his life afterward.
1: Um, you know, I, I think one thing with that and I think this might actually lead us to the next part of the conversation a bit. Just uh, while praying on it and thinking about it, just you know, um and nowhere does it ever say that Judas was given any less grace, yep. any less divine assistance offered to him yep. than any of the other apostles. And um and so just even like thinking in in that regard, um that he wasn't given anything less in that way. And, uh, before I even saw that, I just, uh, or before I, or after I saw that, I, in looking at Fulton Sheen after that prayer time, uh, he, he comments, uh, the tragedy of the life of Judas is that he might've been St. Judas. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, uh so I think you're exactly, as you mentioned in that way, that sort of repentance towards God, that trust in him, um, you know, uh, both Peter and Judas were called devils. Yeah. You know? Jesus says to Peter get behind me Satan right um, and so uh, I just think that um, so in that way uh, for us to always keep seeking the Lord in that way you know?
0: yeah and and, and, and then move, we're going to move on here to then to the the second part of of keith's question but just one interesting note that uh, that i i forgot to mention that i come across 30 pieces of silver um one of the the study bibles that i have is, that i have points out the fact that uh, 30 pieces of silver is the price of a slave that's how much you paid in in exodus um uh, to redeem a slave to redeem a slave and so, and the interesting thing is in, in at least in in matthew mark's um uh Gospels, Judas agrees to betray Jesus right after the anointing of Jesus at Bethany by the woman with the expensive jar, the, the jar of expensive ointment, um, you know, and, and and that whole, you know, so the contrast between how Jesus was treated by this woman, um, uh, who who in a, in, in a sense, in some people, the eyes of some, including Judas, I think, um, Wasted this expensive ointment, just you know, by pouring it out on Jesus' feet. Um, contrast then the next scene, the next part of of the gospel. Judas is is willing to to betray Jesus merely for um, the the price that it costs that that you paid to redeem a slave. It's an interesting contrast there.
1: It, it very much so. Uh, even thinking about two, because I think his accusation. Um, Another Old Testament note, his accusation is that, you know, it was 300 days' wages, right? Yeah. 300 pieces. Of, uh, and so the 30, that he got a tithe for it. Right.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting. I had never thought about that before.
1: And uh, with the accusation that, uh, I don't know if anyone else has thought about that before, whether they should. Um, but, um, uh, you know, whether the... Um, um, you say in that way uh, and whether that ties into his desire according to the gospels to steal from the money bag
0: right right exactly okay so so the next the next part of Keith's question if Judas' betrayal was necessary for our salvation would he not have been doing would would he not be doing the will of God was Judas really an evil person that betrayed Jesus, or was he carrying out a necessary role in our salvation? And and just using sort of the second question to get into the first, the answer is yes, both. Um, he was an evil person. He was a, he committed a grave sin. You know, interestingly, the Catechism um, talks about the the in the light the section on Jesus um, that we'll we'll get into this uh, in a particular way, in um, uh, in a detailed way, uh, talking about the the responsibility of those involved with Jesus's death, but but in the section on um, on sin in the Catechism, in in the third pillar, um, life in Christ. Talking about the, the, the sin, it says, it, it is precisely, this is 1851 for anybody who wants to look this up. It is precisely in the passion, when the mercy of Christ is about to vanquish it, that sin most clearly manifests its violence and its many forms unbelief, murderous hatred, shunning, mockery by the leaders and the people, Pilate's cowardice, and the cruelty of the soldiers, Judas's betrayal, so bitter to Jesus. Peter's denial and the disciples' flight. So Judas's betrayal, is, was just to be clear, <laughs> was a sin, very bitter to our Lord, as, as the catechism tells us. Uh, and yet at the same time, we know from, from other parts of scripture that, that Judas's betrayal, everything about the passion and crucifixion and death of Jesus was part of God's plan. And so, how do we reconcile those two things? So, Father, I, you, both of us, I think, had had looked to a couple of paragraphs in, earlier in the Catechism, in particular five ninety nine and six hundred. Um, anything in those, in particular, that you wanted to point to? I mentioned that we might read them, but be, be, before we do that, or maybe we won't need to. Anything in here that you want to point to,
1: or apart from that, address
0: another way to we'll answer this read question? The
1: uh, Catechism text, maybe. I think that's <clears throat> okay. the best way to go, and or just particular lines from it. Um, You know, it even says very directly to, in answer to uh, our dear listener's question in paragraph 599 uh, that the biblical language does not mean that those who handed him over were merely passive players in a scenario written in advance by God. And so just even just strikes uh, directly uh, to the core on that. Right. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. And then it go further goes on to uh, in the next paragraph to, to flesh that out and uh, the Catholic notion and and uh, of uh, of God's knowledge, God's foreknowledge of events. Um, that uh, so the next paragraph then, uh, when therefore He establishes eternal plan of predestination, word in quotes, He includes in it each person's free response to His grace, each person's free response to whose grace, and the very last line then in paragraph 600, for the sake of accomplishing his plan of salvation, God permitted the acts that flowed from their blindness.
0: Yeah, and, and I think also want to mention the, the first um, line of 600, to God all moments of time are present in their immediacy. And then that line that you mentioned, when he steps into his plan, he takes into account everybody's response.
1: And so it's hard to imagine what it means like to see all moments in time in their immediacy. Right. I mean, I I can't comprehend that because I don't do it. Um, No, I can't think on it and think reasonably about it. I may not be able to see it or imagine it, but I can't think on it. Um, And that certainly makes sense, that in seeing, and that in his permissive will, permitting free choices, you know, and, and including those free choices is part of his plan.
0: So I think because sometimes when we think, um, so this is how 599 opens. Jesus' says, violent death was not the result of chance and an unfortunate coincidence of circumstances, but as part of the mystery of God's plan. So we hear about plan, we hear about predestination. And so we sort of, the way we image that, um, so to speak, um, is, okay, m- billions of years ago, God created this plan and then it unfolded throughout time, so it had to happen that way. But that's exactly what you were just speaking to, that that's not the case, that 600, even though we, we, we can't wrap our minds around it, for God, God's, God's plan is created now, always now, because for him, all time is in what, what some call the eternal now. He, he perceives everything now. Uh, for lack of a better word, and if if that's confusing to you, uh, join the club because <laughs> it's, it's confusing to all of us. Um, you know, we we can reflect on it and ponder it and gain more insight, but again, we can't wrap our minds around that. And yet, that's the reality. So God God didn't make His plan billions of years ago. He's he he's always His his he makes His plan now. He made His plan two thousand years ago. He knew what Judas would do, um, and, and and therefore he. He, he saw it and he took it into account. Judas did not have to, and this goes back to the point that you made earlier, Judas had the same amount of grace um, the the that, that the other apostles had. Judas did not have to betray Jesus. He freely chose to do so. And I think, so, you know, sometimes, Father, just in our own spiritual life, uh, you know, I don't. Not too many people make this literal statement, but the idea, you know, well, the devil made me do it. Well, no. I mean, we can be. We face temptations, external and internal, all the time. But in the end, sin, by de- definition, involves our freedom, and we freely choose to do or to not do what we ought.
1: And we always retain that. Right. And and I think then maybe the next question would be then. You know, um, well, but wasn't it still necessary in some way? Because the uh, scriptures talk about uh, the necessity of the betrayal and crucifixion of Christ. And so uh, even then, would that mitigate uh, Judas's guilt? Then, okay, so maybe Judas did freely make the choice, but is it mitigated in some way? And I think to that answer, um, you know, I, uh, we had talked about this before we were on the air, just the notion that Jesus' actions alone were leading towards this sort of persecution and death. I mean it it wasn't new that they wanted to kill Jesus. You know, I mean uh, this uh er, the last week and this week the gospel was reading from the eighth chapter of John's gospel and how many times did they pick up stones to uh, uh, to throw at him? Uh and so to 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 move into that notion that um you know uh, yes it was necessary in a sense that one individual or a group of individuals for that betrayal, but um it, it was going in that way. The, the preaching of the Son of God is so such a confrontation uh, to the world of sin that there had to have been a reaction against it.
0: Yeah, regardless of of you know, in a sense, could it have been somebody else besides Judas? Yes, but it had to be someone because right. because the, the yeah the 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 two were going to meet the God's goodness and the evil of sin basically.
1: Yeah, how yeah. could they not meet? In this case, and 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 how could the meeting not be intense? How could the meeting not involve that? And I think it's of the nature of goodness and sin, sin in anyone's heart. And you know, is Judas's heart any blacker than my own? Right. I, I don't know. You know, and I can't judge that. I can't judge Judas's heart. I can judge his actions, um, but I can't judge his heart. You know. I mean, what would I do if I was in Judas's shoes? yeah You know, praise the Lord that I haven't found out. Yeah. Um. And so um yeah.
0: I yeah, we, we can't I I think again we 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 can't oh, I would never be a Judas. We well, slow down there. Again, Judas had just as just as much grace uh, maybe he was subject to more temptation than us, but but we, you know, we <laughs> By every sin we betray our Lord. That's one of the one of the points of that section of the Catechism, Father. That you know we we didn't get into, but right before it, five ninety eight has this subheading: mm-hmm. "All sinners were the authors of Christ's Passion." And it goes, it, read five ninety eight. I think as, a, as a,
1: I, I, I did read it actually, and I love the quote from Saint Francis of Assisi at the very end of that section. Uh, Nor did demons crucify him. It was you who have crucified him and crucify him still when you delight in your vices and sins. Wow. Good and gentle St. Francis. Of yeah. <laughs> <He talks laughs> the animals, and It tells you that the demons didn't crucify Christ. You did.
0: Yep. And you crucify him still. I yeah. still crucify Jesus when I sin.
1: Yeah. And then the, uh, or that uh, quote above from the Roman Catechism, um, must regard as guilty all those who continue to relapse into their sins. Since our sins made the Lord Jesus Christ suffer the torment of the cross, those who plunge themselves into disorder and crime and crimes crucify the Son of God anew in their hearts, for he is in them, and hold him up to contempt. And it can be seen that our crime in this case is greater in us than in the Jews, including especially including Judas there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it just, Keith, I hope that gives you some sense, but I think for all of us, this is a good time to reflect on our own responsibility um, with regard to that Father we got to wrap this one up Uh, time has run out Uh, and uh, again dear listener um, as as, as I said at the beginning um, as we always repeat don't hesitate to email me with any questions comments or ideas for future episodes the email address is cbergwald at sfcatholic.org c-b-u-r-g-w-a-l-d at sfcatholic.org
1: And from uh, Dr. Bergwood and myself, have a blessed and holy triduum, uh, an experience of the passion of our Lord. May it be read I pray that you would have a new experience, to see with new eyes the saving death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen.